Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. Okay, Caroline, a couple of things have happened scientifically. You've got a, a couple of uh, interesting ones, uh, topics for us. So yeah. take us away. Okay, so did you know, Lindsay, that about 5,200 tonnes of extraterrestrial dust falls onto Earth? Earth every year. No, I actually thought it was 5,100 tons, but thanks for clarifying that You were that wrong. For me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. Yeah, tell us about it. So this is based on a paper published in Earth and Planetary Science Letters on the 15th of April and talks about a, a study that some people did and I'll go through it. So extra dust... Er, Excuse me. <laughs> Extraterrestrial <laughs> dust, also known as cos- cosmic dust or space dust. And this is dust originated from space and has come through and landed through the Earth's atmosphere and landed on the Earth's surface. So apart from the the dust that comes down to Earth, there's lots of different types of dust that I learned about. So there's um, intergalactic dust, which is mm-hmm. dust occur- occurring between galaxies. There's interstellar dust. There's interplanetary dust. And, oh, and that's such as the zodiacal cloud that we've got in our solar system. Yep. And as a side note, which is actually going to be measured by the Hayabusa 2 mission that we talked about yes, probably several we're very excited about, missions yes. ago. Yes, um, it's the JAXA mission um, that um, went and took a sample of Ryugu. This is the, it's the Swiss army knife of space probes, really. Yeah, it yeah, is. Cause it's it, so impressive. It, it took a sample of Ryugu and it recently dropped the sample down to Earth and it kept on it kept going on its way off to another asteroid and uh, on its way it's going to be measuring this zodiacal cloud to see how much dust is in our solar system. Ah, amazing, yeah. So that's pretty good. And the last type of dust is circumplanetary dust, which is the dust and solid objects that orbit planets in a ring, such as the rings of Saturn that we are all familiar with. Mm. So physicist Jean Duprat and colleagues at the French National Centre for Scientific Research, the CNRS, decided to conduct a study um, measuring the amount of space dust that falls to Earth. And I didn't even ever think of dust on Earth, but there you go. So (laughs) there's plenty of dust that falls on Earth. So most enough dust in my house, let alone what falls on Earth. There you go. Now you know where it comes from. Um, (laughs) Bit of Mars right here. Not quite, but yeah. Most areas (laughs) of Earth. (laughs) So most areas of Earth um, dust accumulation is generally washed away. So you know it'll fall down to the ground and like rain or wind or something probably blow it away. So they needed an area where they could collect this dust and um, weigh it. So at Concordia Station on Antarctica. Mm-hmm. So there's very little movement and um, the snowfall is quite predictable. So they've got a kind of a controlled situation that they're able to collect the dust from. Yep. So this actually 
experiment took about 20 years and six expeditions. So it wasn't a very quick one. They took a, a while to collect samples. So what they did is they dug out trenches of snow about, uh, about four meters deep and melted the snow and they collected the dust particles. And then they put the um, dust particles through filters. And I'll just read a little bit from their paper in their yep. methods section. And it says, because I think it's really you know, cool in their words. So the filters were examined in the clean room at CSN, CSNSM under binocular microscope. And particles were manually extracted using dedicated fine brushes because they're actually really tiny. Yes, yeah. They're not big pieces. The main contaminants observed in the filters were fibres from polar clothes and gloves, plastic chips from barrels and from tools used to extract and transport the snow. These contaminants were easily identified and removed during the filter sorting procedure. So they took optical images of all these. They're calling them actually micrometeorites because they came ah, from space. Okay. Yep. And so they put them through different sizes of mesh filters. And they've got some really cool pictures um, under electron microscope. So you've got some really like perfect spheres. You've got some that are a little bit look like tiny little rocks. And then some that um, are kind of jagged. And they managed to actually catch some that were smaller than their finest mesh because they were jagged and just caught. Whoa. So um, they managed to get kind of a good so like uh, representative sample and, you know, they got quite a lot of samples. So it's a good good experiment that they did. Um, so apart from measuring, they managed to, yeah, they were able to see the particles, which is pretty awesome. And then they weighed all the samples. And from that, they estimated like I mentioned, about 5,200 tonnes of the tiny particles measuring between about 30 to 200 micrometres fall to Earth every year. And it turns out that is the most abundant source of extraterrestrial material on Earth. Huh. So they think, just from extrapolation, that about 15,000 tonnes actually enters into the Earth's atmosphere, mm -hmm. but about one third of it um, actually burns up burns before up. it lands. So, I mean, I guess we always hear about meteorites hitting the Earth surface but only about 10 tons of that per year comes through this thank goodness really yes thank goodness but yeah <laughs> um but and most of it is actually in the form of these tiny micro meteorites mm. and they think that it probably comes mostly from comets you know just bits of comets burning off and i guess the earth just sucks it into its atmosphere yeah, yeah so there you go. Earth is really dusty. In fact, dusty. space is really dusty. <laughs> yes. It's not like the perfect, you know, clear. I mean, it is mostly, but, you know, there are areas of dust around. And I'm sure if you went and just scooped up, <laughs> you'd probably yeah. be able to to get some dust and measure it up just like we did here on Earth. So, yeah. And is that is that leftover just from the creation of yeah, the, the whole universe? Leftover but... stuff. I mean, if you can, if you think about it, I mean... You'd have um, meteorites and you'd have, you know, all sorts of asteroids and things banging into each other all yes. the time. And so, you know, not only would they have big particles coming off them, but they'd have the tiny particles. And it, we've seen like, for example, like I mentioned, the Ryugu asteroid, um, when they went to get sample, it's quite dusty, you know, they hit up dust off the surface. So... Dust is everywhere in space, <laughs> yeah. so it's no surprise that, you know, some of it comes to Earth. And they think perhaps that some of the elements that we have on Earth may have come from space, you know, so yes. if, yep. if you think about it like that. And, yeah, so 
I thought that was quite interesting. I wanted I think to share yeah, that with it's everyone. Amazing. And let's go from the dusts of uh, the stellar dusts to the the dusts of Mars, and um, tell us what's happening. Something really exciting that NASA just accomplished uh, very very recently. Yeah, so some of the dust on Mars would have been kicked up by a certain little ingenuity (laughs) helicopter that they successfully uh, tested. uh, Would have been last night for us. So we've been waiting. Ingenuity helicopter. That's right. We've been waiting for this little helicopter to fly for a little while now, and they finally. We're ready to go yesterday, and yeah, it was really exciting to watch the live feed first. The live feed through NASA was the telemetry coming through and everybody yep. being happy and everything, and then a few minutes later, they beamed through these awesome, awesome pictures. Yeah, of, one was a shadow. Did you see the shadow? Of the, there was uh, the of, shadow. Of, so, yeah, that was great. There was the shadow, and yeah. then there was you get a kind of few still frames of ingenuity on the Martian surface, ingenuity up in the air, ingenuity yeah. down on the ground. Yes. And um, when they said, oh, telemetry's come, telemetry has come through, yeah. um, altitude confirmed, and they were all excited. And so that's going down in history as the first man flight, well, not man flight, um, first flight <laughs> on a planet from Earth. So there you go. Yeah, on Mar- and, uh, you know, and a, very, a Wright Brothers moment on Mars, you know, this is, this is Mars's exactly Wright, Wright Brothers, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, I saw a, I think there was a meme or something with um, comparison of the first uh, man flight on Earth and then the first little flight on another planet. So yeah, really exciting times. Yep, and this was just a test to see if it could go up and down. It was at th- uh, yeah. three meters. The whole thing was thirty seconds. It just hovered and landed. It was landed very again. quick, and they had yeah. to test it because they weren't sure if they could. I mean, theoretically, it was going to fly. Um, like yeah. I guess I've mentioned before that the Earth, the Earth, the Earth, Mars <laughs> atmosphere <laughs> yeah. is very thin, and so the rotors have to spin extremely fast. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they managed to pull it off. Really yeah. good. Those guys are very smart. <laughs> they are, yes. Now, I can't wait to see more. Uh, so there are got to be more, uh, like, uh, not advanced, more advanced flights and tests, you oh, know, yeah. uh, longer duration and things like that. So it's yes. going to be interesting to see They're what they do. They're just going to be fighting over the remote control now, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, my yeah. Turn, my let turn. me fly. Let me fly. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I bet, um, I, I bet probably in future missions, we'll probably have more um, elaborate kinds of drones oh, yeah. that can probably do a, a whole lot more. Once they, I mean, this is just laying the, the foundation for. The next rover, the next, um, the next drone now. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool? Like they could fly, they pick up a rover, fly it to a spot on Mars. Oh, yes. So I want to sample this, take a sample, and then have another little craft where they could just fly it up and back to Earth, like taking yeah. samples. That would be really cool. Yeah, well, it may not be a problem. They may not have to worry about picking it up with a drone and flying it around That's because right. maybe, mm. uh, you know, maybe in a decade or so, yeah. uh, a starship is going to we'll get to We'll be going Mars. there by ourselves. Yes. Um, have you now, bought your NASA, ticket? Did you see? Yeah, that's right. But you could yeah, potentially do that. But did yeah. you see the news that NASA uh, yes. it has selected uh, SpaceX yes. and its Starship um, yes. rocket to be the official um, rocket of the Artemis mission to take people like to be the moon lander, the human yes. landing system. That is going to be cool. Now we just have to get it flying without blowing up, but without I'm sure up. they'll get there. <laughs> yes. Well, SN15 is due for its test. And yes. This is meant to be a more advanced uh, yeah. design, apparently. It might, it might still blow up, but you know, they've, they're, they're planning, I think there were plans for up to SN21 so far. So yes. it's going to be a testing campaign. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to take explosions. a while, yeah. but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The kids hope- love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they'll see a rocket and explosion. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's kind of fun to watch, but we do want them to stop exploding at some point yeah. so we get yes. some 
some worthy flights out of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we'll have to do an episode where we talk about what the actual mission is because the what they're planning on doing, you know, to get a starship there, mm-hmm. to actually get crew, because the crew won't be on the starship. Uh, they, they're going to travel to the starship in oh, order yeah. with the moon, apparently. Yeah, so right. So, yeah, we'll have to talk about what that mission will look like yeah. later on down the track. That's pretty exciting but stuff. Very exciting stuff, yeah. yeah. Let's Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science. And find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash Oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest.